Welcome to the Freelance Revolution Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Sarah. We're both seasoned freelancers running successful businesses that allow us the flexibility to live the lives that we want. We do different work as freelancers, we find our clients in different ways, and we have different business models. The one thing that unites us is a passion for helping others work on their own terms. We're not here to give you a silver bullet or sugarcoat the work it takes to develop and run a successful business. We're here to guide you through the journey we've already taken, bust common myths about the freelance lifestyle, and give you the support you need to keep going when things get tough. The Freelance Revolution Podcast is brought to you by Freelancers Aligned, our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Our members get live access to our podcast recording each month and exclusive access to submit questions to the Q&A portion at the end. Did we mention that membership is free? Go to freelancersaligned.com to learn more and sign up. Hey there. Hi. I am excited to have this conversation. I'm too. I um, used this analogy in a blog post I wrote a couple months ago. I can't remember what the name of the blog post was. Oh, I think it was like how about how to make yourself um, indispensable for clients. Um, so yeah, do you date them or do you marry them? And yeah. how do you decide? And I'm sure there's a mix. I know that you you date some and marry some. Yep. I mostly marry. Mine. I date them first, though. You do. That's important. That's important. I date them first. That's important. Should usually date someone before you marry them. Yep. As a general rule of thumb. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, okay. So, yes. Do you prefer to date your clients or marry them? So, basically, this is a conversation about um, project-based or, like, short-term clients versus long-term clients. There are pros and cons to both of them. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today. And this will be a great one because Lee and I have completely, I think we don't have different necessarily opinions on this, but our business models are are shaped differently. And so right. in practice, I think this looks pretty different for both of us. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first? Um, mine's pretty complicated. Like, I feel like yours is pretty, like, I'm going to talk in circles. So okay. you go first. Okay. So... In general, I marry my clients, but I do not, just like Leah, I mean, honestly, most of my long-term clients, I actually didn't really date them. So I just like straight up married them. Um, And so just like quick refresher, I mostly do manage research projects for universities, which means that the way that I get funded is when people write me into grants that they write. And so that means that like the way that I, it also means I have like a super specific like niche. It's not just research projects. It's like research projects specifically having to do with K-12 education. So it's like, I find, I have to find the people that specifically need the kind of work that I do. Um, and the grants usually run from like a year to like six years. And so I am signing long-term contracts with people where I'm like managing their project for them over the course of their grant. And most, so let's see, the three, the three clients that I have right now that I do that work for 
One of them is a three-year contract, but it's a six-year project. So I will most likely sign another three-year contract at the end of this one. Um, the other one is a five or no, I've been working for her for almost six years and it's been a series of two to three year contracts and the one, the other one, same, it's been a two-year contract and then a three-year contract. And so, um, all of these people, I actually like signed So I will say all of them I knew through other people. So I didn't really like do one-off shorter projects for them before I quote unquote married them, but I did find them through other people that I know and trust. And so I do do my um, due diligence in terms of making sure that I um, understand who I'm going to be working with. Um, before I get into a long-term relationship with them. And I've been super lucky. All of my long-term clients are wonderful. The work is amazing. The people are wonderful and amazing. Um, but I will say my most recent project, like a six year, it's a six year grant. Six years is a long time. And whether it's about the relationship or the work or just like life may be different in six years. Um, For that one, I definitely chose to sign a three-year contract instead of a six-year contract for all of those reasons. Just like, I don't know where I'm going to be, where you're going to be, where we're all going to be in six years. So like, maybe let's just see what happens in three and go for that. Um, I will say, well, actually, let me stop there. So that's like basically how my structure looks. Why don't you talk about your structure? And then I have like a couple other notes of things that I wanted to mention. Okay. So I typically um, work with, I typically get hired for projects. So when I first started as a freelancer, I was taking project after project, after project, after project. And then I'd start and it would end and it would start and it would end. And there were some great clients that I loved working with. And I was like, oh, kind of at the end of the day, like, bummed. We just broke up and I didn't want to. So then I thought like, how can I continue to work with these types of people? And when I work with clients, sometimes they're not techie. Sometimes they, you know, are just working out of like, I need this, like they're, they're laser focused on this one thing. And so we don't really like divert from that, but they know that I have another, they might not even realize that I have another skill set. So I started positioning myself in a way of, we start here with this phase, but even at the very beginning of the conversation, I let them know that there's other things that I can help them with. And then as we continue to work, I natively talk about the other working relationships and the other types of skills that I have. And so that's when, when the project was done, I've said, okay, like, or when I was, when the project's about 75 to 80% done, I'm like, all right. So we're projected to launch on this day. You know, where do you see me fitting in? Do you need support ongoing after this? Like, this is where I could see myself working to support you. And I let it, I let it up to them. Like if they want to work with me, awesome. If they decide that they're going to take it internal and have someone else do that, that's totally fine too. If we need to renegotiate like price point or, you know, something like that, I've been in that, those types of situations as well. But that has allowed me to continue working with clients and not always having to have that end break up when the project's done. 
that's also allowed me to really understand where my income's coming from, from time to time. I don't always have to be on that like mindset of, okay, I have this project ending and then I have to go find another one to fill it and be onboarding a new client at the same time that I'm launching like another client's program at the very end of that contract. Like that was starting to become really stressful as well. So now I have this rhythm where, you know, if I can just go into that coasting mentality, even if it's a little bit of a pay cut, I can then onboard someone while I'm in this coasting or this support role rather than this full on like launch mode that has allowed me to be able to focus more. So when I first started this, it was like hundred percent projects. I'd say now it's about, you know, 60% ongoing clients and 40% projects because I've worked with some clients that I just love. And I probably, over the years, I probably could have gotten it where it's hundred percent ongoing clients where there's really not a definite end date. However, I love working on the projects. So that's just, you know, it's not that I don't love working with ongoing clients, but I love the, the start, the launch, the whole setup of everything. Like that's fun for me. Yep. And correct me if I'm wrong, but something I hear you saying is that it's about, so neither one of us are ever going to say that it's not about money because like money is important. Right. 100%. And what I heard you saying is like those ongoing clients, you're not doing it. Your main reason for doing it is you're not because, so you can have consistent reoccurring income. Your main reason for doing it is because you like working with those people. And it's about the relationship, not necessarily about the money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's super important. And I like, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely the same way. I'm way more, again, definitely interested in the money, but also <laughs> very, I, there's no amount of money that will make me work with or for terrible people. Like none. There's no After price. You have your few terrible clients. Like you learn how to detect them real quick yeah and then what to avoid exactly um okay one thing that i was thinking about for this topic is about um how resilient your business model is and what i mean by that is like so i have three four clients um it's super steady consistent i have long-term contracts but when one of those ends i have a huge gap And if something were to happen where like midstream, they're like, hey, this actually isn't working or we've whatever happens. If I lose one of those clients, that's a huge hit, a huge hit to my income, Um, which is one of the reasons that I started my like my content work is like making courses and doing stuff like that. Obviously, the number one reason I started that stuff is because I love helping freelancers, but also it's like a different, more resilient income stream where if 50 people a month buy my course, um, that's a different than like one, four people a month paying me. Obviously the price ratio is a little bit different, but, um, your business model is super different. If you have, I think last time we talked to you had like 30 something clients. Yeah. You lose one of those. It's not the end of the world. No. And you can replace them like that. Right. Yeah. However, I find myself more in the other side of not 
oh my gosh, I don't have enough work. I tend to go the other direction of like, oh my gosh, everybody needs me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I've been, I would say the last few weeks of everyone's in this transition. Like I am as well. Like I am full on taxi mom, like, um, working so much in my vehicle because it makes no sense for me to run home while they're at an activity. It makes sense just to work in my vehicle, you know? So I, everybody wants something done. I want to make sure that I can get, get everybody what they need. Um, and I plan once my kids go back to school to take a day just to myself, like no client work, no nothing, like just for myself, because I've been pouring out of every possible avenue for everybody else this last month. And it's just, just, just one day, one day. Okay. It's, I, uh, that, maybe that's all you can do, one but day. that doesn't say, one day I feel like you maybe deserve more than one day just to throw that out there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Something to work towards. Mm-hmm. But I do have it built into my schedule. I, you'll be impressed with this. Um, I do have it built into my schedule that two Wednesdays a month are going to be half days. Ooh, I like it. So that'll be, yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's good. Um, yeah. And I also like, I know there's probably freelancers listening to this that are like, why are you complaining about having so much work, Leah? I would love to have a backlog of clients. I would love to. (laughs) And like, we all in the trajectory of our careers go through those phases, right? Where it's like too much work, not enough work, too much work, not enough work. And like striking that balance is hard Hard. because you're always scared. No one ever wants to be in the place where they're like, Oh shit. I have like a huge budget shortfall. Um, No one ever wants to be in that place. And so you naturally, you like hustle so hard so that you don't ever have to be there. And sometimes that ends up putting you in a place where you're like, I'm losing it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I lived in that scarcity mentality of like fear of not having enough clients for so long that I didn't know. And then once I finally got a full client load, I was like, I'm never, if I have any power, any say, any, anything, I never want to go back to that feeling ever again. I would rather be in the situation that I find myself more in where I have too much work than not enough, you know, and that's, that's leads to a whole nother conversation about boundaries, about putting people yeah. in project plans and like everything like that. So when I put pressure on myself, it's because I did it to myself. Like I didn't say no, and I probably should have, or I said I could get it done or, you know, I have, I'm at the point where I can say to clients, okay, like I just did this morning, I had one client who wanted to restructure an entire course and go a whole new different way to add an avenue of income. And I'm like, yes, I love this idea. However, I don't have the bandwidth until the middle of September to get started on it. Like, so I'm like, we can discuss this. We can brainstorm it right now. I'm going to hit record on our zoom and I'm going to tuck it away on my calendar for when I can get to it because it's a client that I love and adore. And I know that what I would do tonight is I go frame that whole new product out for her And I can't do that because then other clients are going to suffer and I'm not going to meet other deadlines or I will, I will personally suffer and have to stay up half the night to meet those other deadlines. Yeah. So you have to take control of your boundaries too. Yes, totally. And do you find, I mean, like, 
I, and I think this is like the nature of like where we are at in our lives and what ages our kids are too, is like, you know, that I actually, I do not work as much as you do, like hours wise. And I'm like pretty I draw some pretty hard boundaries around my -hmm. time, um, which is like even more now that my kiddo is in like real school and gets out at three. Um, And so I have, I like full disclosure, I usually don't work 40 hours a week. It's like rare for me to work 40 hours a week. It's super rare for me to work over 40 hours a week. Although that happens. There are like weeks, months where I'm like swamped. Everything happened at the same time. I took on a new this or that. But like in general, I do not do that. And that's like something that is something that I find I'm better able to control that with the clients I marry. Because I can see, A, I've formed like a long-term relationship with them. And so like, if I need, like I'm taking a full week off this month. And when I need to do that, I as long as I'm like super upfront about it, like I put that on there, I literally send them a calendar invite, my like long-term clients. And I'm like, I'm going to be out of the office for this week. And I, I did that like a month ago. And um, I also have a much clearer picture because I'm like, this is what this project looks like over the next year, two years where I'm like, okay, August is going to be really busy. When's the best time for me to like take a week off and I can like plan it out across the trajectory of the project. Um, So I would say that like, and that may not be true for everyone who has like longer term clients that you quote unquote marry, but that's one of the things where I'm at in my life right now and carving out that like, I actually have no desire to work 40 hours a week. And that's one of the reasons I work for myself. Um, And that quite frankly may change when my kid is older, but what, what think you Leah on that topic? My average work week is about 60. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Between 55 and 65. Mm -hmm. So we're going to meet in the happy middle of 60. And it just, it's what's serving my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I mean, I can see light at the end of the children living in my house tunnel, you know, like not that I'm wishing that away, but I would rather work now and get up early before they go to school, like work while they're at all their activities and be, you know, work in the car while they're doing that and have free time to go visit them, like to drop of a hat. Like if they play any sports in college, like I want to be that mom that can, you know, fly halfway across the country to go watch them play in a sport, you know, or something like that, where there's not that opportunity for a lot of people. So Mm -hmm. those are the type of things that I'm setting myself up for in the future. And I know that like, if I don't think about that now, that's not going to happen. Um, And it's a choice. I mean, it really comes down to choices. So, um, I don't, I mean, I have a lot of friends that work a lot of crazy hours and, you know, I still fill in the gaps of, I feel like I have a good life balance, you know? Um, and it, it just works for me. You know, that's really what it comes down to. You have to figure out what makes the most sense for you. And, um, it just, that's just, how it is. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to bring it up is because I think that like 
neither one of us are sitting here. Like you're not sitting there being like judging me for working less than 40 hours a week. And I'm not sitting here being like, man, Leah's life was really out of control working 65 hours a week because like, we both know that like, I, and for this, I won't speak for you, but for me, I, the thing that matters to me is that like, you made that choice. So you don't have like a boss telling you, you have to work 65 hours a week. Right. You made that choice based on where you're at in your life and how you want the next five years of your life to look to do that. And similarly, I made a similar, a different choice, but like we have the choice to do that. And it's like literally no judgment call on either side. And that's something we say um, in our instant freelancer method course too, is like, if you want to make $10,000 a month, work 10 hours a week, work 50 hours a week, whatever, work from, you know, Tahiti, like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're not here to tell you what, what your freelancing should look like. And that's the beauty of doing it is like, you get to choose. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's all about choices. And that's what I love. So even when we moved my parents across country, um, I had no idea what work was going to, what life was going to look like those couple days where I was driving across country in the U-Haul, like if I was going to get car sick or anything, but fortunate enough, I was able to work in the 24 hour drive out to Nevada from my house. It was, I mean, I was able to work six clock, 16 hours mm-hmm. of work. Like that freed up a heck of a lot of fun time when I got there, you know, and I didn't take any pictures. And now I wish I would have, of working with my laptop on the side of the pool, you know, at my parents' house, like sitting there until one day I was working too long and totally fried my back, you know, like just (laughs) those funny things. Mm -hmm. And then another day I was working and it was, it got a little hot, a little quicker than it should have in that morning. And, you know, it was like 110 and my computer overheated and I was having a panic attack thinking that I broke my computer because it just went off, you know? Um, so like, those are the fun situations, but again, it's all choices, you know, like I loved working while I was in the pool. Like I would have just been sitting there, you know, anyways. Yeah. And I was being productive. So you have to figure out what makes you happy, what makes you get closer to your goals, but you ultimately, you need to know what your goals are. Yep. You know, 100%. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on a little bit, cause I think that like getting the long-term getting those clients that you marry, um, let's talk a little bit about like how, like what, how do you do that? So like, how do you build those relationships so that you can have those long-term clients and get like to the topic we covered on our last episode about, um, networking and referrals for building work. Like this is also how you get referral work. And so the number one thing that I, um, recommend, which seems very simple, although like, I know lots of people that don't do this is just like, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, just like be good at what you do and keep your promises to your clients. And that like, if you do that every single time that they're going to want to continue and your value add, you're going to want, they're going to want to continue working with you. And sometimes like you have to like make those connections for them. Like you had talked about with some of your Kajabi clients about like, Hey, like I did this one-off project for you. And like, this is what it might look like if we continued working together. Right. But like at the bottom line, like 
they need to have a good experience working with you or they're not going to want to marry. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one, I think we need to get that saying on a mug or a t-shirt because Mm -hmm. that is like, we say it all the time, like just do what you're committing to do. Just like do what you're do, do your job and do it good. If you commit to it, like honor that commitment. Um, so I'll use this as an example. I adore this client. Like she lives like an hour and a half from me. Again, I've never met her. I'm hoping to meet her sometime in person in real life. You know, there's that fun element of being a freelancer that you don't always know people um, or ever get to meet people. But I did a whole project for her. She was great to work with. Um, she has future projects. But if I didn't stay relevant with her content coming in to do a future project, like would be really overwhelming and I'd have to relearn and I'd have to go back. There'd be so much backlog that I'd have to discover to help her move forward. It didn't make the most sense. Um, So what she asked me to do is ask me if I would be in charge of doing her newsletter every week. One, do I love doing a newsletter? No, but will I do it to stay relevant and to catch some, you know, some easier things of how she was setting things up. Yeah. Like we have a strategy call once a month where, okay, we're doing, we're going this direction. This is what I'm seeing. And it's turned into, yes, I'm in charge of her newsletter, but I also have a checklist of things that I check in there, like open rates, conversions, like all of those things. So I can pick up on things that we might need to pivot or tweak. And so we just had our strategy call this morning. And instead of having her membership be the only option that she has for consumers to purchase, we decided to break a portion of that and package now her content into a course so they can have a one-time offer. Because that was one of the things that people kept requesting by a feedback form that we decided to put in place early on. You know, so just little simple things of that that would have never been caught. And so, I mean, I can report back later on that, but there's a lot of people that are wanting that. And she would, she told me herself, she's like, I would have never been able to catch that, that desire or had any idea of how to pull this content out to create it into a course or a one-time offer for people, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's those type of situations. So that's the kind of stuff that I look for an opening and we can use, you know, your example, like one, I just really adored that client. You know, I just adored working with you when I was your client and, or you were my client. And so I just straight up, like, how can we continue this conversation? I really like working together, you know, and just being completely upfront and honest. And just, I mean, it's kind of like when you're dating, like, Hey, you go in from like, I like you to, I love you. It's kind of just declaring that like, Hey, I really like working with you. How can we continue that? Or basically that marriage proposal. Yeah. You know, like I want to continue working for you. How can we make that happen? Yeah. And it's going to be some give and take some tweaks, conversating around what that looks like. Totally. Totally. All right. What else? That's what I got. Like you can go about it, however, but you have to figure out what makes the most sense for you. For me, it was, a, uh, I don't like maybe fear of commitment type thing, but I just needed to date them for a while. And I love the whole aspect of dating them to decide if they are marriage material. Yep. And dating just like, wasn't really like a viable option for me, the way that I structure my work. Not that my other, so like, those aren't the only types of clients I take on. And like my other clients 
almost all of them started very like the same way actually is like one-off projects that progressed into more of like a retainer situation where it's just like on call um or like working on longer term things for them and so like yeah i think that but one other thing that we should point out here is your clients were not like you weren't set up on a blind date it wasn't a totally you know, where mine are completely blind dates. Yeah. Like and I would not totally. recommend marrying any of those people without dating them first. Right. Yes. Mine yes. were never blind dates. They were always set up between from people that I already knew and had worked with and like trusted very and much. They were never arranged marriages or anything. Nope. If we want to continue <laughs> this like lovely craziness that we have going oh on. Oh my gosh. I love so how far fun. we can take this metaphor. It's I know so it's good. kind of fun. <laughs> When we, when we get off this, we're going to come up with like 10 other things. That's right. Pay attention to our social media. We'll put them out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Leah. Well, um, we will go ahead and wrap this episode up and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Freelance Revolution podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our free community for freelancers, consultants, and solopreneurs called Freelancers Aligned. Go to www.freelancersaligned.com to sign up. Here are just a few of the things that you get with your free membership. You'll get all of our best resources, strategies, tips, and tools for living the freelance lifestyle. You'll get exclusive access to our monthly live Q&A where you can submit questions that we'll answer live just for you. You'll get a subscription to the Freelance Insider where you'll get tricks of the trade, member-only resources, and curated content from other experts. You'll also get access to the member forum where you can network and connect and ask advice from other solopreneurs who actually understand what you do and are going through the exact same things you are. Did I mention it's free? Go to www.freelancersaligned.com to sign up today.